Hello and welcome to the Nourish Practice podcast, a podcast focused on all things intuitive eating, intuitive movement and helping you heal your relationship to food while moving away from diet culture in hopefully a nice relaxed way. There'll be a mixture of solo episodes and guest interviews. Any topics you would like included just send me a DM on Instagram at Nourish Practice and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So this week again sort of a little bit different. Um, it's based on an article that I saw that predicted 2024 wellness trends. So I thought I'll have a little look. Um, I spend arguably way too much time on Instagram. So I can see some trends. Some of them are just a continuation of 2023, in my opinion, and some of them are brand new and a little out of nowhere. As always, opinions are my own. I'll reflect a little bit on my standpoint, but you might love these trends or be super into them. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do let me know. So in no particular order, the first thing that seems to be presented as a trend for this year is a real focus on hormonal health. Now, to me, this is a 2023 trend continued. I've seen so many reels and posts on hormonal health, stress hormones, etc, etc. And apparently this is a follow up result of COVID as a lot of people tried to find out a lot more about their health, their hormone levels, and actually women's health has become a real focus. PCOS has come up on the radar of a lot of us a lot more. Um, I have an episode, two episodes on it if you want to have a little bit of a listen. But I feel like in general, we're a lot more aware of our hormonal health, especially a lot of women out there. Now this is out of my area of expertise. Although I'm a nutritionist, I do not specialize in hormones. I can get you to talk to your doctor, I can comment on certain factors that may affect your hormones, but I'm not going to delve into it with you or go into detail. There are many experts out there for that. What I would say is be really mindful of the information that you're taking in. We had an episode on sort of how nutrition information is conveyed and this idea of making a big deal often out of small things. So our hormonal health is really, really important, but Amy Snelling PT, probably butchering her name, I shared a post the other day, she shared some research on the idea of somatic exercise and we all need to reduce our cortisol and the effects of that. And I've seen it everywhere, reels, I've seen TikToks, where it's all about our cortisol is really high, our cortisol is really high. And cortisol is a stress hormone, but when you're not nuanced and going through the details of it, it's really easy to make it sound like we're doing everything wrong and we need to do these things but actually it's not saying very much and the research isn't showing very much so i think when it comes to hormonal health it's great that we're all interested in our health but we need to work with health professionals that we feel like are in our corner i know sometimes we have bad experiences with medical professionals maybe it's asking to be referred or to speak to a specialist and advocating for ourselves but equally we need to know that actually unless we're very unwell or we see symptoms that maybe we need to be treated we may not have a high level of cortisol all the time we may not be dysregulated in the way that instagram may make it seem like i actually got asked to do a workshop on sort of training around your cycle uh last year and to be honest when researching it, a lot of the research was very like anecdotal it works for some people it doesn't work for another i've seen a lot of posts that say you really need to train this way during this phase of your cycle and some people hitting that sort of formula as it were works great for them for others it just doesn't compute they may have irregular cycles they may have differing hormone levels you just need to find what works for you and someone on instagram telling you that your hormones are dysregulated 
is inaccurate. It needs to be taken a bit like gentle nutrition in that intuitive eating. Take that external, see if it fits your experience. On to the next one. So next one is longevity. And again, unsurprising, post-COVID, just the state of the world that we're in, everyone wants to live as long as we can and live a long, healthy life. So in particular, there's been a lot of focus and awareness of what's called blue zones. So these are areas of the world where people live longer than average. During original surveys, they were marked with a blue pen apparently on the map. So blue zone, completely random name. Um, but examples include Sardinia, Costa Rica, Okinawa in Japan. Um, there is actually, I believe, a blue zones website and you can sign up to their newsletter, etc. And it just gives you sort of trends in those areas. Um, what's interesting is when I sort of looked it up very briefly a lot of the fans of this sort of approach really commented on how it focuses on a relaxed outlook to life in terms of movement is gardening it's housework it's moving around the community there's a lot of social aspects there's a lot of community aspects and quote unquote whole foods so it doesn't go down that diet trend it's not a particular way of eating it's just really rooting yourself in the community and in cultural and local cuisines and then physical activity isn't X amount of reps in the gym. It is how you would move every day, which I think as a general, a lot of us are sort of, no matter how much we love the gym and regular exercise, there's been a, a real impetus for movement snacks and gentle movement, housework, dancing, playing with your kids, that sort of thing being classed as movement, but it isn't a workout. Um, so I think in general, we're all moving towards that. Again, don't have a lot to comment on here. Those zones as they were although they've been trying to find trends with them they're quite far-reaching and often you find that for example i know this happened a lot with the mediterranean diet and a lot of people still follow it but it's the idea that you can copy a diet from a particular place but often it works because that food is locally sourced comes from the area etc etc so we can take some of these concepts but they may not apply to where you're living or how you're living they have to be practical so again bit like that gentle nutrition take small parts that work for you if you're like oh actually i really enjoy that community aspect i think moving through gardening is a much better outlook than hitting the gym every day great take it use it but i think it's really hard to say one thing will make you necessarily live longer or not there are so many factors that are involved in this next one which i found really interesting actually on the sort of list was they're calling it pill fatigue Basically, it means supplementing powders rather, rather than tablets. So it used to be a lot of your vitamin supplements were in a little tablet form, and now we mix powders, um, cough, cough, AG, whatever they've now rebranded to again, um, which is all over my Instagram because every influencer has partnered with them. Ultimately, it's another form of the same thing. Supplements are not new. They've been around forever. They will continue to be around, and they should be used if you're really deficient if your doctor says I think you should supplement this they can work wonders however I personally take a food first approach if you're deficient and you can get it from your diet I'd always recommend that than mixing up a powder um, that you hope would help but you don't know whether it will so it's interesting that powders versus tablets are really taking off I suppose just easier to take but with supplements, they've been around for a long time. I don't think it's a new trend. And for some people, it really works. And for others, it really doesn't. What I would say is some of the supplements can get pretty expensive, especially now you've got a powder rather than a tablet. Um, you might get through it faster or you might be mixing quite a lot of it. And so if it is really expensive and actually getting a tablet is much, much cheaper, just check 
if they're the same dose of your vitamin or whatever it is that you want, just take the tablet if you want to take a supplement and feel that you need to. The cost of it does not make it any more beneficial for you. Next one on the list is at-home recovery. Uh, now, when I think of this, I think of those weird inflatable boots, if you see them at some boutique gyms, which are meant to help you. Now, this one I haven't seen as much in the everyday person. I've seen it in the sort of semi-pro athletes, as a lot of them start buying quite a lot. I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago, again, maybe because I was sort of into CrossFit at the time, so I was following a lot of semi-pro athletes when like Theragun and all the massage guns got big and exploded. Kind of like that, but on a bit more of a smaller level. There's a lot of like at-home recovery, measuring sleep, all that sort of thing. I'm very pro-recovery, rest, recover as you need, but I couldn't say that these devices are super helpful it's like foam rollers a few years ago loads of stuff came out but they weren't as beneficial as everyone thought some think they're great and they feel great others have said actually they never really worked for me a lot of it is anecdotal the same with recovery you can try a product but whether it's going to work for you next one is transformation retreats now apparently this is like a yoga retreat but a step up so it's a retreat that promises to transform you um, as a person from my scrolling i would say Yoga retreats boomed a couple of years ago, especially post-pandemic. A lot of people wanted to go out, out and about travel, meet new people, etc., etc. And now they've sort of calmed down. Uh, maybe people have a little less spare change with the cost of living. And especially, I know when they boomed, influencer retreat partnerships were really big and the cost basically doubled because you had an influencer on board. If you can afford it, love the location, company, activity, etc., I'd always recommend retreats. I really love them. I went to a yoga and surf retreat with Wild and Free Adventures. Um, definitely check them out if you don't know who they are. They're amazing. Um, and that was in Cornwall and I really loved it. And that is actually what made me pursue yoga as a training course and a career and snowboard into what I do now. Um, so a retreat was a really great time to take some some time for myself. Some people go in groups, pairs, family members, etc. But I really liked going by myself and just sort of having that time. You have a lot of spare time in the evenings to go for a walk, visit local town, just sort of not have to necessarily be yourself. A lot of people said they found that when they were with friends and family, they had to project a certain personality or a certain thing. And that's why they like going to retreats by themselves. So if that appeals to you, I would definitely recommend it. What I would say is, again, to be mindful of cost, if you think, you know, what, I'd really love to go on a yoga retreat in this country and it just so happens my favorite influencer is helping with one and I can afford it great equally if there's a much cheaper one that doesn't have uh, an influence or someone on it it may still be just as good or then maybe it will turn out next one is increased digital wellness another one that's been around for a while post covid everyone started digital studios digital brands again I've seen this sort of settle as people start to go actually I liked being in person post covid or I like the community atmosphere of being in the space and the sheer range of online packages is now absolutely insane um, whether this picks up I'm dubious I currently work teaching Pilates and I know there's been a real boom in sort of digital Pilates where you go and click a screen and it talks you through a workout and a lot of people just don't like it because you're having to stop and start a bit like a video it doesn't take into account modifications because it can't see you so I think it'll be really interesting that although we have a lot more digital tools and aspects a lot of people especially when it comes to movement and wellness really value that human connection and the ability for it to adapt to you next one is a focus on stress reduction 
again sort of links back to that hormonal i've seen so many reels on fight and flight mode how to regulate your nervous system etc and to be honest we're all stressed most of the time again state of the world we're working more we're all running around um i live in london everyone's always in a rush there's always something to stress about um but always note that stressing about stressing makes it worse and i know that <laughs> doesn't necessarily help you um but actually when you're worrying like when we talked about digestion if you worry about what you eat it's going to affect your digestion so actually sometimes not going oh i'm in fight and flight all the time my cortisol's high and just panicking about that will help prevent that from spiking if, you, if that makes sense know what to look out for know your triggers start to think about what's stressing you out maybe start to make small changes and improvements i'm not saying quit your job off the bat great go find go become a yoga teacher go do whatever what i'm saying is small things to stress or small things that you can do to help you that can create big changes in the long run. Start to know what stresses you out. Start to know your coping mechanism. If it's taking a few deep breaths and that really helps you, great. Maybe it's going to a boxing class once a week and just getting it out. It's just finding what works best for you. Next one, um, nutrigenomics. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. Again, not my area, so this will be very short. If you want to be informed, then there's plenty of personalised tests and things out there. I was at Balance Festival last year and saw many stands and promotions for really personalised um, nutrition information and health information based on a DNA test, blood samples, etc. I think there's a real balance here. If you know you feel like it would really help you, then maybe something to check out. Again, maybe you can talk to your doctor about getting certain tests if you feel like you need them. But I think if you're someone who knows that you get health anxiety, then maybe knowing too much can get really overwhelming, especially if it doesn't suit your preferences of your lifestyle. It's that age old thing you learn in school when it comes to ethics, like would you want to know that you're going to get a disease in X amount of years? Most people would say no, because often there's not much you can do. It's the same with that genetics. What if you find out certain things? So it's pretty much your choice, but have a think about the implications of that. And again, a lot of the time we take on external information. If I said to you, oh, your genetics say that you're allergic to this or you shouldn't eat gluten, something like that, and you take it to heart, it may be that actually you start to show some of those symptoms or start to think, oh, yeah, I do feel really bad every time I eat gluten, even if it's not necessarily true. Sometimes we embody those characteristics. So just be really mindful. And again, keep in mind the cost. And then last one, gut health. So this is another continuation. I think it's something that's, again, sort of been going on all year, kind of post-COVID. I know Simprove and things like that have been around for a long time. I still get adverts for them, but it's definitely a little bit of a decline. Last year, maybe year before was, was the most I'd seen it everywhere. Um, again, I've got an episode on digestion. Do listen back if you haven't heard it. This is an area I personally want to know more about because our gut is our second brain, but I wouldn't say I am an expert in. I often refer on or will research and talk about whatever people ask me, but I'm not going to generalise about the whole gut because it's such a complex thing. It varies by person, by day, by what you eat, so many other factors. Again, idea that it's educating and knowing enough without being overwhelmed with the information. It's people being informed without being informed just to sell stuff. So people educating you about your gut, great, this is how it can help. They're saying, oh, you need to take this, this and this, which you can buy from my store. You have to question where that information is coming from. But the more people know about their gut and their health and how it can affect them, especially when it comes to mental health, can only be a good thing because I know there is a clear link between your gut health and 
your brain, your mental health. Again, look into it if you're interested, but always take those claims with a pinch of salt. I'd follow a few people that specialise in gut health. I find it really interesting. Just seeing one-off posts even every now and again and going, huh, that's something I didn't know that's going to stick with me. So these are sort of the trends that were in a couple of articles I'd seen. I would say there's a few more that I've sort of already started to witness. And again, there's continuation of things like ice baths, cold water. Um, there's still a continuation of Pilates and the idea of sort of toning, quote unquote, rather than hard workouts, but also the increase of things like high rocks as well when it comes to nutrition. Hopefully more people are moving away from diets. I see that, but then I follow a lot of people on social media that are into intuitive eating and stuff like that. So do tell me if I am wrong. If there's any you think will pop up this year, I'd love to have a discussion about them. Um, truly, do you care? Are you just living a life and you're like, whatever trends come and go, it doesn't even affect me? Or is it things that you see everywhere popping up in adverts, um, like all those meal prep companies, things like that, where you notice them or they might affect you a little bit? That's pretty much all for me. Any comments? Send me a dm instagram at nourish practice don't forget my 10 day intuitive eating challenge is below if you want to book a discovery call the link will be there as well i've got a little bit of availability mainly on thursdays and discovery calls are just 20 minutes can be on the phone can be um via zoom completely up to you and your preference we'll just discuss how you think i can help you hopefully have a nice rest of your day